is White Sox Weekly, your two-hour all-access pass to everything White Sox. Drive in the air! Deep to right! It is gone! This presentation of the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network is brought to you by Wintrust Bank and Mazda of Orland Park. Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight, live from Guaranteed Rate Field. The White Sox and Tigers are about to start the second game of the final three-game series of the 2021 regular season, and there is still one whole heck of a lot to play for. Welcome into the show. Let's get you posted on what we've got planned for the next two hours, a lot of White Sox talk and details and playoff plans and matchups to talk about this afternoon. We're going all the way up until 5.30 tonight. That's when the pregame show starts for the Sox and Tigers game tonight. Tomorrow, it's a 2.10 start for the White Sox and Tigers. Last game of the 2021 regular season. Uh, But as I mentioned, there's still plenty on the line. Here's what we've got coming up on the show. At 4 o'clock, we're going to talk about the Astros and White Sox playoff matchup with Jeff Blum, World Series hero, of course, for your 2005 Chicago White Sox, but also does a darn good job on the Astros television broadcast as the analyst down there for Houston. So he's got the angle on uh, on on the Astros and a little bit of history with the White Sox as well. Blummer's a great guy. Looking forward to talking with him at 4 o'clock. At 5 I had a chance to sit down with White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz as he was getting ready for all of his activities today leading up to the Sox and Tigers a little bit later tonight. Bring you that conversation. It's a real good one. We took a long look at just kind of the um, it's kind of the state of the union of the White Sox pitching staff, the infrastructure as it were. Took a look back with a couple of different pitchers and look forward some too. There's some nuggets in that interview that you'll hear at five o'clock about where the White Sox could turn and who they'll use come playoff time uh, as as starters against the Astros. But that's all to come. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. This is, first and foremost, your show, our last show of the 2021 regular season. The playoffs start very soon. Uh, A reminder, too, we will have White Sox Weekly on Saturday the 9th. Obviously, Game 1 of the ALDS between the White Sox and Astros is October 7th. Still no time, still no first pitch set for that. Of course, we'll let you know when we know. And then Game 2 is the 8th. That's Friday. Saturday evening, we'll have White Sox Weekly coming at you. That's the 9th. It's the off day, the day in between, the travel day for the White Sox and Astros as they will uh, come back from Houston to Guaranteed Rate Field or perhaps... Travel from Guaranteed Rate Field to Houston. More on that in just a second. Either way, Saturday the 9th, we'll have White Sox Weekly for you. And then Monday the t- uh, pardon Sunday the 10th, ALDS Game 3. Now, I, I want to focus a bit here in the open of the show on the last couple of games the White Sox have played, the five-game win streak that they're on. But I think it's important to start you know, kind of with the context around the league. I, I think a lot of people have been following the AL wildcard race closely. Not just because it's been a very exciting finish and baseball fans are all tuned in for what might be, yeah, a potential four-way tie for the last two spots on the AL side of the bracket. That could still happen. 
chaos could reign and that'd be a bunch of fun. Uh, but also because there's still home field advantage on the line for the White Sox and the Astros. Didn't think it would get to this point, but it has. Should the White Sox win out and take tonight's game against the Tigers and tomorrow afternoon's game as well, and then if the Astros lose out, if they fall in their final two games against the A's, the White Sox will come from behind to take home field advantage in the ALDS. Anywhere else you go, you advance to the ALCS, and if the Rays are there, you're going to have to play the Rays in Tampa. But starting here at home against the Houston Astros, well, you'd, you'd rather do that than head down to Houston, I suppose. Either way, White Sox have a pretty good chance of winning that series. Should be a fun one, entertaining one, a close one. Maybe some nail-biters sprinkled through it throughout. But starting here at Guaranteed Rate Field is in play. All the White Sox have to do is win out, and the A's have to take care of business against the Astros. To that end, Lucas Giolito is the starter for tonight's game for the White Sox. Matt Manning goes for the Tigers. Dylan Cease will start the final game of the regular season. He'll pose Tyler Alexander of Detroit. Same setup for the Astros and A's. Jake Odorizzi starts for Houston tonight. Paul Blackburn goes for Oakland. And then in Sunday's regular season finale, Jose Urquidy, who's a good one, goes for Houston. Cole Irvin, the rookie, who has had a very good rookie season and at times been really solid. Uh, Cole Irvin goes for the A's. So some solid pitching matchups. Again, if the White Sox win out and the Astros lose out, it's home field advantage for the White Sox through the ALDS. Like, Gilly, if you're listening here, White Sox Weekly, you've known that for a little while, but I think it's worth mentioning time and time again. All right, before we get too far uh, into what a playoff matchup looks like for the White Sox and Astros, we're going to hear from um, you know a, a lot of well-informed baseball minds, Jeff Blum at 4 o'clock, and we'll actually hear from uh, Tigers manager A.J. Hinch, former Astros manager, uh, not without controversy, of course, uh, but former Astros manager, so he knows that team well. We'll talk to, uh, or we'll hear from him, rather, um, in the next segment, I think, here on White Sox Weekly. Some interesting perspective there. Uh, A.J. Hinch sat down with Jesse Rogers of ESPN, and that audio has been turned over to us. I- I'm looking forward to listening to it with you and kind of getting A.J.'s perspective on the matchup between the White Sox and Astros, a little bit more on that Houston team as well. What the White Sox have done, though, over the last five games has been more than intriguing. They've taken care of business, both against the Tigers and against the Reds. They came back home after, let's be honest, a little bit of a back-and-forth series against Cleveland where they took care of things in Game 1 of a doubleheader to start that series. Remember, it was five games in four days because of a rainout and the doubleheader to start things. It was also at the end of a pretty long road trip for the White Sox. They were, and I've talked to a handful of guys, they were very ready to end that road trip and get back home with the AL Central crown coming with them here to Guaranteed Rate Field. You could just tell in talking to guys like Lucas Giolito and Gavin Sheets and Craig Kimball over the last couple of days as we've done on the pregame show that everybody was very ready to come back home and genuinely excited to celebrate some in front of White Sox fans. And, you know, given the crowds that we've had here at Guaranteed Rate Field over the last couple of nights, the, the feeling has been reciprocated. It's been so cool to watch so many White Sox fans come through the turnstiles here at the ballpark and celebrate, you know, kind of alongside the team as they finish out the regular season with a five-game homestand. 
I, I think one of the really cool things has been in the pre, if you're coming to tonight's game or maybe you're headed to Sunday afternoon's game, um, I, I think you could still probably grab a couple of tickets. Tough to grab, but probably grab a couple of tickets for Sunday's game. I highly advise you to come out here because I uh, two reasons. One, yeah, it should be a good couple of games and could be a lot on the line, even up to Sunday afternoon when every game in baseball starts at the same time, 210 Central, 310 Eastern. But besides that, the the crew here, the White Sox scoreboard crew, has put together a very, very cool kind of season in memorial uh, remembrance video, right? The, the AL Central crown, the, the hype video, really, is what it is. And that plays pregame. And I, you know, coming back home or, or getting back to the ballpark on Tuesday to start the series against the Reds, in my head... I knew there would be a video out there on the scoreboard. I knew there'd be hype for this. I mean, it's the first division title for the White Sox since 2008. You're going to celebrate the thing once you get back home. What I did not anticipate is, you know, kind of seeing that up on up on the jumbotron, up on the center field scoreboard, and also seeing everyone's reactions in the stand. Just kind of like watching White Sox fans watch this video and celebrate the team. I think the team was kind of taken aback by uh, by it a little bit. The you know, we had the lights flashing, the videos playing, the hype music's rolling. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun these last couple of days. Not only with the way the White Sox have played and taken care of things against the Reds, but also with the atmosphere that's been provided here at the ballpark, and that has been a very, very cool thing. Speaking of being at the ballpark, you can enjoy the best views of the park in 2022 with an all-inclusive experience in premium seating. The Guaranteed Rate Club and Wintrust Scout seats include flexible payment plans, postseason options, and more. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com. They are wonderful seats from which to watch a White Sox game. Now, while the White Sox have been winning five in a row and taking care of things and pulling the record all the way to 92 and 68 on the season with two more to play this year, we've also seen some of the question marks that have been around this team from mostly a health perspective. Uh, but some of the question marks have been turned into periods. You know, they've turned from, well, is, is Lance Lynn going to get things right? Is that knee going to hold up? Or, you know, can Carlos go out there and pitch with something less than 98? You've, you've seen the results in a lot of different, um, in a lot of different instances. And I think as you kind of think about the state of the White Sox, you know where each individual on the roster is at heading into the postseason. I think most of the answers have come back positively. Now, remember, I've said this quite a bit here on the show, in pregame shows and postgame shows, that there's been a lot of research done about teams that have come into the postseason hot, stayed hot. Teams that have come in hot and finally and, and somehow gotten cold. Cold teams that have come in and turned it all around and made a, a surprising run all the way through the playoffs. There, there's a lot of research done, and there's not a lot of evidence that just because you're playing one way at the end of the regular season, that's how you'll play when the postseason starts. It's very much start the postseason and see what happens. And for that reason, you know, for my money, baseball's got the most exciting playoffs in all of major sports in America. It's it's right up there with 
anybody's postseason as far as I'm concerned because you never know what's going to happen. Each and every pitch has its completely individual results wrapped up in it, and anybody can emerge a postseason hero regardless of what their regular season looked like. I, everybody from 2005 White Sox fans to 06 Cardinals fans to any of the even-year Giants teams that went ahead and won it uh, can relate to somebody coming out of nowhere and hitting a big home run late in the game and making something happen for their team. Uh, Scott Pitsednik, Jeff Blum, for that matter, have all contributed. So have the likes of Paul Canerco and and Jermaine Dye. You know, guys that you knew, names that you knew were going to perform. Mark Burley, you know, all of those guys were dudes that mattered quite a bit in the 05 season. And you got production from guys that uh, that had more more of a role assignment as well. You know, for that reason... I think it is interesting to look at some of the White Sox players that have kind of, you know, had a real nice run over the last little bit and ask, you know, not just how are the White Sox playing coming into the playoffs, but how does it look? You know, what kind of what kind of abilities and skill sets are you seeing put out in front of you that might lead to, you know, a continuation in the postseason? And to that end, I thought Tim Anderson's night last night was maybe the loudest example of, yeah. Things are rolling for the White Sox a little bit, and not only are you know not only are they playing well against the Reds and the Tigers here in the last two series of the regular season, but here are some things you might see playing to the White Sox advantage come playoff time, come that matchup against the Astros. T.A. was on base all five times last night. He had four hits that matched a career high. It's the 13th time that he's had four hits in a ball game in his career. The fifth time he was on was a walk, by the way, and that was in the seventh. It was part of a big, uh, you know, heavy traffic inning for the White Sox. They played it three in the inning. He led off with a double, had himself a single, scored two runs on two more singles, came home on a base running play. It was a chopper back up to the left side. Tim decided he was going home even with the infield in. He decided to test Nico Goodrum, the shortstop. He won that battle. And I, I think you could say it may not have even been the best base running decision by Tim. But when he saw Nico Goodrum hesitate just a bit, when he saw that little opening, for his speed to make a difference in the ball game, he bolted from third. He took that secondary lead and came home, forced a run across from the White Sox, and helped open up the lead that the Sox had on the Tigers at the time. That kind of performance, that kind of um, that kind of willingness to open up the throttle, hasn't been there for Tim specifically and the White Sox in general for most of the last two months of the season. And that's not a criticism on the player or the philosophy of the team at all. You've heard Tony La Russa over and over again these last two months say the most important thing that we've got, you know, in so many words, I'm paraphrasing Tony, but in so many words, the most important thing for us in these last two months is being healthy, making sure that we get T.A. back from that hamstring injury at at 100% come Game 1 of the ALDS. Same thing for Lucas Giolito. Get him back from the hamstring. Make sure he can uh, can have as many starts as he needs, as that body needs, going into the postseason so that he feels 100% comfortable. Uh, not just feeling good with the stuff, but feeling good about the workload, feeling good about where his body is at. And And I think... You know, for the most part, not that there haven't been some setbacks, for the most part, the White Sox have been able to check the box on those health questions that matter most. Now, there are some that could still use just, a, I guess, a little bit more testing or a little, a little louder answers 
on where they're at, and we'll get into those when we come back here in just a second. We'll also hear from uh, A.J. Hinch, Tigers manager A.J. Hinch, who was uh, formerly the Astros manager on this matchup between the White Sox and the Astros. And again, you know, we know it'll be Houston and the White Sox. We know that those two teams will play in the ALDS. But where that series starts is still up for grabs should the White Sox win the last two games of the regular season and the Astros lose their final two games, guaranteed rate field will be the ballpark for game one of the ALDS, and that could be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere. This is White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. Love to hear from you. 312-332-3776. You want to talk a little White Sox? You're more than welcome to do it. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit from uh, the conversation that Jesse Rogers had with Tigers manager A.J. Hinch about the White Sox and Astros as they head into their postseason matchup. This is White Sox Weekly. You've got the ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. White Sox and Tigers coming up here. Game two of three as we finish up the regular season with home field advantage still on the line. I feel like I may have mentioned this before already in the show a couple of times. Uh, You'll forgive me if I continue to mention it throughout, but I think it's important. White Sox can still get home field advantage. they got to win the last two, and the Astros have to lose their final two. They're playing the A's. Sox fans, start planning your 2022 outings to the ballpark. We have party areas of all sizes that can be perfect for you and your group. Learn more about our spaces, including diamond suites or a patio party. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com. Now, Sox and Astros are the matchup in the ALDS. And in fact, I've got the White Sox lineup just in front of me here for this game against Detroit. Let me give you that real quickly uh, before we go any farther. Tim Anderson's at short, Luis Roberts in center, Jose Braves playing first. Yes, Monty Grandal will catch. Yoloy Jimenez is in left. Yoan Moncada is at third, so it's a pretty familiar one through six there in the lineup. Seven, eight, and nine are Gavin Sheets DHing. Adam Engel is in right field. And Leury Garcia has second base tonight. Cesar Hernandez has the night off. Gavin Sheets, by the way, six for his last ten with seven runs driven in. It's been a really nice homestand for the young Gavin Sheets. So, uh, Jesse Rogers, who covers the league for ESPN and is a friend of ours here at the station, of course, and has filled in on pre- and post-game shows in the past, Talk with A.J. Hinch, Tigers manager. Uh, Obviously, A.J. was the Astros manager until the uh, sign-stealing scandal led to uh, some dismissals from different roles there. That's been well-publicized. A.J. and and others um, were punished for their participation in or connection to the sign-stealing issues that the Astros had and Major League Baseball surfaced and punished uh, some people for. Um, A.J. got uh, got caught on, rather, or caught on with the Tigers as their manager, and has been doing a really good job of rebuilding this team, um, or helping rebuild this team, and kind of, uh, you know, really push them into the next level. Or at least that's the hope. Tigers with a couple of really good prospects that may come online next season, maybe even the season after that. Either way, Hinch does, of course, still know that Astros organization fairly well. Sure, George Springer isn't there; he's in Toronto now, but. 
most of those big players are the same with a couple of young pitchers moving up into spots in the rotation, taking the place of a guy like, you know, Justin Verlander, who hasn't been able to be there since Tommy John surgery. But Hinch talked with Rogers uh, about this series and kind of gave his overall impressions. AJ did uh, about this White Sox and Astros ALDS setup. Take a listen to the current Tigers and former Astros manager on the coming matchup for the White Sox. You know, having played these guys, um, top to bottom, their roster is arguably second to none, the White Sox. They, they are as dangerous an offensive club as, as anyone, and that includes, you know, the Astros, and includes the big the big bats with, with Toronto, with, um, with New York. And so you just, this lineup is, is super dangerous, and, and the length of their bullpen can really be a difference maker in October. Um, what they don't have is experience. And that's where I think things in Houston, it's going to be, you know, fun to watch this series because the, the experience that Houston has, um, you know, making the postseason in the last five years um, pays off in, in big series, big emotional series that, that where every pitch matters and every game matters and the, um, whoever gets home field, you know, there's been no situation the Astros haven't played in that, that would be uncomfortable for them. That's true. The, the Astros have seen it all. They've, they've also seen fans uh, and, I, and I think this is worthwhile. Like, it's worth noting. They've been in hostile environments. You know, they have, they have seen places that don't like them just because they wear the Astros uniform pretty much all season long. Now, you know, some of that probably would have been more intense in 2020 had there been fans around. It was obviously closer located to the, 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 the report out um, and subsequent, you know, findings of MLB and the suspensions and everything else after the sign stealing stuff. But, you know, the Astros go places and people boo them. Uh, they have been in those tough spots before. They understand what it is to overcome those things. Uh, to that end, uh, the Astros rotation, uh, led by guys like Jose Urquidy and Framber Valdez, uh, Granke and the like, are a, a little bit different than, than Hinch had when he was there. But he's familiar with some of them. He kind of began this little bit talking about that Astros rotation. Lance has is, is learned from I me, mean, obviously, is he'll have his, his, his buddy and mentor across the way in Keuchel, you know, who, who had him as a young player. And, and, and Lance can handle the moment. Lance pitched in Game 7 of the World Series. Lance is, um, has, has really anchored that staff for, for much of the year. And uh, I'm sure he's doing for, you know, Luis Garcia and, and others that um, – what, what was done for him by JV and Cole and, and Dallas and Granke and the, the greats that he had. So um, I don't think either, um, you know, either sides, you know, is going to be spooked by these big moments or by this intensity. I think they, I think the White Sox relish on com- competition. Um, and I think the Astros, you know, are really comfortable in the postseason. So it'll be an incredible series. Worth noting there that the uh, the Lance AJ Hinch is referring to is Lance McCullers of the Astros, of course, and not Lance Lynn uh, of the White Sox. But but yeah, the the points well taken. I mean, mentorship matters quite a bit in this league, and whether that's um, you know a young pitcher taking his notes from a guy like Justin Verlander, who's probably headed to the Hall of Fame, or you know Dallas Keuchel, who's got a Cy Young and a championship, or all those kind of things. You know, it, it can be other guys too. Uh, James Fegan of The Athletic just wrote a piece uh, or had written a piece a while ago about how Lucas Giolito, you know, kind of learned some things from Danny Farquhar, uh, of all people, you know, a journeyman reliever um, who knew his way around his stuff and knew how to get guys out as well. You can learn things from all sorts of different places. Uh, Last one here from A.J. Hinch, Tigers manager, former Astros manager. You know, he just kind of remarked some about the uh, astounding length 
of each team's lineup and what they're able to put out there on a day-to-day basis? One of the big parts of both clubs is I don't think it has to be one guy. Like when you face the White Sox, you can start at the top of the order with Tim Anderson and say he's the guy. And then if you get too comfortable, Luis Roberts right behind him and then Jose Abreu and then Grant Dahl's uh, you know, super dangerous. And, you know, you don't get to Jimenez until you're, you know, past the middle of the order. So I, and I, so I don't think there has to be one key. T.A. sparks this team, unlike many players I've seen around the league. Um, Jose does that as well, but it's, you know, it's Bregman, it's, it's Alvarez, it's now that Brantley's back, it's Gurriel, who's, you know, potentially going to win the batting title. The fact that it doesn't rely on one person makes both teams super dangerous. That's Tigers manager A.J. Hinch, who's obviously well familiar with the Astros, having spent the last few years there. This is White Sox Weekly. Uh, I'll tell you what's coming up in just a second. We'll pause it here. 10 for Station ID. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. It's the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. The White Sox and Astros have a date set October 7th. We've yet to find a venue. Still figuring out where the dance will take place, but it should be a fun one. Joining us is Astros television analyst and uh, owner of one enormous World Series home run for the 2005 White Sox, Jeff Blum. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be on with you guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time. Uh, Let's start talking about the Astros a little bit. Um, What have the last couple of nights been like for the Astros? Obviously a clinch of the AL West just a couple of nights ago, um, but uh, a loss to the A's uh, last night. So where are things at for for the Astros now? Uh, I, I think they're trying to kind of feel things out and give guys days off. I know that yesterday, you know, Altuve had the day off. Michael Brantley had the day off, even though they came in and had a pinch hit. So I think Dusty Baker's trying to, you know, they're trying to win that last game so they can secure home field advantage against the White Sox. But at the same time, he's trying to navigate how to keep these guys fresh, get them off their feet for a little bit and try and get them prepared and ready for that big series against the White Sox. That's pretty much all that's happening right now, to be honest. Man, think think about the matchups. Obviously, you know, the lineups, the rotations, the bullpens for both of these teams are incredible. But if if you would have said, yeah, it's going to be Tony La Russa versus Dusty Baker in the first round of the playoffs, I, I don't know that a lot of people would have believed you. What a what an amazing run for both managers. Let's focus on Dusty first. You know, he said that this was, I read somewhere he said this was the hardest season he's gone through. I wonder if you can kind of elucidate what he meant by that and, and how you've seen that play out. Uh, you know, how long is this show? We could sit here for a while and talk about some of that stuff that goes we got time, on. Throughout Jeff. The course. Let's go. <laughs> you know, throughout the course of a season, a lot of stuff happens. But uh, you got to remember, Dusty Baker took over in 2020. Uh, the sign-stealing scandal, you know, comes out with Rob Manfred pinpointing the Astros. And then you have the pandemic hit. And then you're trying to learn a new roster in a 60-game schedule. The the Turnover on that roster was exceptional last year. You're playing in front of no fans. Uh, you limp into the playoffs. They play as well as they did, become one game away from going back to another World Series, and they end up losing. And then you start the season like they did this year, and they played extremely well. Framber Valdez wasn't going to be in the rotation, and he gets healthy. He's back in the rotation. Uh, the bullpen is doing their thing. But the offense continued to be probably one of the most consistent things. But I think through the process of playing on the road has kind of exhausted guys a little bit. And that's probably where some of that, you know, some of that tired and some of the pain of the season kind of set in is understanding how to get through some of those road games, 
and how he's going to manage some of the personnel on this team. But I think that, uh, you know, the fact that he acknowledged it, the fact that he is understanding it a little bit better, and the fact that he's trying to create a relationship with these guys explains probably why they are playing as well and have that opportunity to take back that American League West division title. Uh, Jeff, I saw in the post-game celebration in the dug, uh, the clubhouse rather, that Dusty Baker drank champagne out of a shoe. <laughs> have, have you had a chance to ask him about that yet? Well, I need, I need so badly to know the steps leading up to him chugging booze out of a shoe. No, I, I have no idea. You know, sometimes <laughs> you you get on these teams, and, and what happens internally is is exactly what they want it to be internal and. I can only imagine what uh, drinking out of a shoe will do to your internal organs. Hopefully, there's an, the alcohol content in that champagne was strong enough to, to uh, you know, eliminate some of the funk that's coming out of there. But uh, it's something that I think is particular to this team, and they're probably looking forward to trying doing it again. But I know that after Dusty got done with it, there were about six or seven guys that huddled up in a circle and did the same exact thing. So I'm not sure if they stole that from the Formula One uh, series where they drink out of their shoes or yep. whatever. But uh, if it works, I'm sure they'll stick with it. Was was there Jeff? Is there a similar thing that the '05 White Sox had? You know, in, in your guys' run through the playoffs and into the World Series, is there a, an analogy for drinking out of the shoe? Did you guys have anything like that? Um, you know what? I don't. I don't think we actually had one thing that we we did. I know that everybody gets hung up on that. Don't stop believing, but that kind of that kind of took on on a life of its own. But. The one thing that I truly appreciated when I got traded over the Chicago White Sox from San Diego that year in 05 was how, you know, they just enveloped me. They didn't, they didn't try and figure out who I was. They knew who I was, and they were going to try and put me into their clubhouse and just enhance the product that they already had. So I think there was an inclusivity that is very similar to what the Astros have here. When these guys play, it's everybody is in that batter's box with you. Everybody's on that mound with you. And that's really the same emotion I had when I was playing with the, the Chicago White Sox. You know, we were invested in each other, and I think that's why we played so well as a unit getting through that uh, postseason in 05. That's, that goes such a long way. I mean, you, you know it. Obviously, it meant so much to you, but I think it's worth pointing out for fans of, of this White Sox team and, and, and really any team that's making a run, that kind of inclusivity matters so much i mean you talk to guys who have been on winning teams or even those that have gotten really close they bring that up even even years later that has to matter so much it does and you know what it makes me proud even to this day to be able to talk about that and talk about those guys because you know i was the maybe the 24th 25th man on that roster yet every guy on that team treated me as if i was going out in the starting lineup every day and even to this day when you have the opportunity to get in those situations and really galvanize that group through winning and now looking back and being able to have that retrospect and reunite every once in a while through over the years, it's like we never left. And that's probably the one thing I do appreciate most about, you know, the Kudurkos, the Przinskis, the Jermaine Dyes, you know, even Carl Everett and all these guys up and down, you know, Pablo Azuna. When we show up or you see one of those guys across the room or across the field or wherever we're at, you know, we basically run to each other and embrace, embrace each other because of that opportunity that we had in 05. Talking with 05 champion and Astros analyst Jeff Blum here on White Sox Weekly. Jeff, I, I want to look at the lineups of both of these teams, the White Sox and the Astros. You know, from your perspective, if, if you were charged with sitting down and kind of giving out the notes to each pitching staff, let's say you were, you know, you, had, you were in charge of it for the Sox and in charge of it for the Astros in two different, two different ideas, and you had to look at these guys and say, all right, 
here's the lineup, here's the one through nine, here's who they've got off the bench. Don't let this guy beat you. I know it's a tough one considering the length of each lineup, but if you had to single out one dude for each team, who, who is it that you'd be saying, this is the guy, this is the guy you just cannot let beat you, and why? That is an extremely tough question because you are very correct in the sense that there are guys, as far as the depth of lineups, that you don't want to have beat you. There's, there's you know, a handful of guys in each lineup that you could really point to, but there is there are two guys in particular that I know of on each team that really kind of jump to the forefront, not just in what they do on the field, but also the leadership and the ability to kind of have those to, to have those moments or embrace those moments, you know, when the team needs them the most. And for the White Sox, you know, it's Tim Anderson for me. I, 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 I have been a fan of his since he got called up. The way he handles himself, the way he plays day in, day out, hitting 300 every year, and then providing some of that pop, you know, and the opportunity to put his team ahead, some of the great plays he's made on defense. That is, that's the one guy. Those are guys that have that that X factor that you talk about, those are the guys you worry about in key situations, you know, two outs, a runner at second base, you're down by one or tie game where you really have to think about how do you, how do you get through that at bat without this guy doing damage against you? So on the White Sox side, it's Tim Anderson, and this is going to be a battle of shortstops. Carlos Correa for the Houston Astros. If you see what he's done in clutch situations, not just during the regular season, but he already has a resume in the postseason that rivals a lot of people who are nicknamed Mr. October. He's got the home runs, he's got the RBIs, but he also has the walk-off hits. You know, so Carlos Correa for the Houston Astros is a guy that I would keep my eye on. And if you watch the position in the lineup that he's in, hitting around that five-six spot, there's going to be some guys on base for him to be able to become that guy again. So you got to be real careful with him. Where is Alex Bregman at in terms of his um, I guess comfort at the plate and kind of understanding of the strike zone? Uh, for White Sox fans who, who might not have been totally cued in on the Astros, uh, Bregman was out from June 16th all the way until the late August, August 25th, with a hamstring issue that, well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but it, it sounds like it just kind of kept flaring up and wouldn't quiet down in the last couple of weeks before he came back. Bregman's a huge part of that club, both offensively and defensively. How has he been the last uh, month and a half or so? He's actually looked pretty good, and you're right in the sense that you know his legs are still a big concern, but he's done a very good job of managing the workload. He's not going to break any radar guns with this sprint speed. He understands that, so he's going to pick and choose his spots where he has to use some of that explosiveness, and he's actually done a pretty good job on defense is probably where I've been most impressed because you're kind of in that sedentary position, and then you have to have that explosive first step, first step and some of that fast twitch muscle that comes into play. And sometimes you can, you can tweak an injury, but he's looked very good on defense. And then at the plate, he's really starting to get his legs back under him. He's showing a lot of balance. He's back on top of the plate. He's starting to elevate to the pull side with, uh, with high exit velocities. And he's really starting to show that eye that he had back in 2019 when he became an MVP vote getter. So down the stretch, it's been kind of fun for me just to watch him kind of you know, you know, he's kind of managing through some of his at-bats and testing some, some of his own limits to see where he's at. But I think he's getting very close to becoming, you know, another main piece in that lineup for the Houston Astros where you can count on him in some key situations. Speaking of key situations, you know, in a short series like this, taking the first one can feel, you know, can feel a little outsized, I guess. You know, every, every series is a little short when you compare it to 162. But as you look at the potential Game 1 starters for the Astros – 
who you know who will White Sox fans have to stand watch out for? Has Dusty Baker named a guy at this point? Are they doing the thing where they play it close to the vest and everybody knows, but they just haven't said it yet? Where are they at in terms of a starter for Game One? Yeah, I don't believe that Dusty's actually named that guy yet. I think he's going to wait until that, you know, a little bit later. But the way it's shaping out, it looks like it's going to be Lance McCullers because Zach Greinke has been on the injured list for a little while. He's working back from that. And uh, Fromber Valdez would be another con- candidate to start that first game. But I just think with the, the pedigree that Lance McCullers has kind of developed over the years, he's got, you know, man, he's got close to 50 innings, I think, in the in the – uh, postseason also. So he's got that experience factor. He's also another year mature. He's another year removed from Tommy John surgery. So I think that's out of his mind. He developed a slider this year that has been wipe out against right-handed hitters. So against left-handed hitters, he's got a very good fastball. He's got a great changeup and that power put away curve ball to left-handed hitters. And now with that slider, he's actually become more dominant against right-handed hitters. So I think he's become that complete package that you worry about when you're like, when you're Tony LaRusso and you're trying to write out a lineup, how do I compete with that? And then you add into the fact that that first start that he had after the all-star break, he went into Chicago and struck out 10 White Sox. I think that really bodes well for the confidence and he loves pitching here at Minute Maid Park. So I think it's just, if the Astros get that home field advantage, I think he's just a great, He's a great piece to put out there to kind of pump up the fans and also have these guys play behind somebody who's as aggressive as Lance McCullers. So Zach Greinke has had neck soreness that's kept him out for a while here. It looks like he made a rehab start the other night. What is Will, will Zach Greinke essentially determine his own plan for the playoffs, given his health, or is that going to be is that out of his hands? Is that going to be more in, in the Astros' control? I think it's going to be a combination of both. You know, they've got the respect of Zach Greinke being a veteran and understanding his body well enough to know what he can give the Astros. Uh, he threw a couple of innings down in uh, down in uh, Sugarland for the AAA ball clubs, and he looked very good throwing about 35 pitches. But I think the the understanding is if he if he is going to start a game, it's going to be on a limited basis. It's not going to be a you know a five six seven inning start, which would they they would love to have from Zach Greinke. But I just don't think he has the stamina for it. So it may turn into, you know, if the Astros get to that game three, game four, and they need to kind of patchwork together a start and use their bullpen a little bit, I think if he may be involved in that situation uh, as opposed to actually going out there and getting a legitimate start for about five innings. Jeff, I, as we wrap it up here, I, I don't, I don't want to make you pick the series necessarily because I think that's a little, <laughs> you know, the, the job you do, the job we do, it's a little disingenuous to just say, oh, it'll be the Astros in four or, you know, whatever. But I want to ask it maybe a different way. If the Astros win the series, the most likely reason is what? If the White Sox win the series, the most likely reason is what in your mind? If, if the White Sox win the series, I think it's because they get to the starting pitching and avoid getting to the bullpen. And likewise, I feel the same way about the Houston Astros. I think huh. that it is paramount for them to get to the starting pitching, and even more so against the White Sox, just because that back into the bullpen, you know, the Crochet, Kimbrel, and, you know, Liam Hendricks, that trio is devastating. So if they're able to get a lead and avoid getting to that situation, I think it bodes well for them. And I also think that it bodes well for the Astros, too, if they win this series early. I think that, you know, if it gets to an extended four or five game series, I think it kind of shifts back to, uh, an opportunity for the Chicago White Sox to get a, get comfortable and get a feel for this pitching staff and maybe put up some runs. But it's all going to come down to that starting pitching for both sides, I believe.
Jeff, really appreciate the time and the perspective. I know White Sox fans always love hearing from you, even if you're talking about the team they're going to have to face in the ALDS, my man. I thank you so much for the time. No, it's a great opportunity. I thank you for having me on. And the, what, the best part about this series coming up is the fact that we continue and still get to talk about 05. So I always, always uh, look back on my time in Chicago as one of the best times. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. That's Jeff Blum, TV analyst for the Houston Astros, and of course, 05 champion with your Chicago White Sox. He is always great to talk baseball with. We'll bring some of that back, I think, probably in the pregame show in case you tuned in late. And as always, if you did tune in, like right in the middle of the Jeff Blum interview, or you liked it and just kind of want to send it along to some friends, or or maybe you're you're part of Jeff Blum's family and you just want to hear the interview a couple of times because you like Jeff's work, you can download the ESPN Chicago app. All of our White Sox weekly shows and interviews are in download form right there on the app. Just press the White Sox weekly tab and you can have each moment of White Sox content there on your mobile device if you are into it. The ESPN Chicago app, it is fantastic. Attention, White Sox fans, the best way to get 2021 postseason access is with a White Sox ticket package. Secure your spot this season and next, and don't miss a second of the action. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com slash season tickets or call 312-674-1000. Great talk with Jeff Blum. We'll continue talking about this matchup between the White Sox and Astros when we come back. Uh, the White Sox had a couple of things going on on the field as we, as I got to the ballpark today. I'll tell you what those were, what kind of implications they may have for the ALDS, which starts October 7th. Get you posted on a couple of scores as well. The AL wildcard race is becoming even crazier, if you can believe it. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here for White Sox Weekly. You want to talk Sox? This is your place. It's White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. You've got White Sox Weekly. This is the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. Sox fans, catch the 2021 postseason action from a private diamond suite. You can host up to 20 of your closest friends and family and completely customize your food and beverage menu. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com slash postseason or call 312-674-1000. That's 312-674-1000. I have been in one of the diamond suites. They are very nice. Solid way to watch a ball game up there here at Guaranteed Rate Field. Now, I want to get into um, one of the potential changes, uh, tweaks, I guess, to the White Sox roster slash bullpen that could be on the way in the ALDS. We'll do that in a second. 312-332-3776, that's the phone number. The reason I give you that is, you know, Saturdays we do things a little bit differently. We've always got our gateway to the booth during the ballgame, and that's a chance for you to get a question to Len or DJ or sometimes me when I'm filling in for Len. Uh, Today, Saturdays, though, we run things a little differently. And instead of your chance to ask Len or DJ a question, it's Len's chance to ask White Sox fans a question. We call it Len Asks. He's kind enough to sit down and record a question so that you've got something to answer. Uh, I have not heard this. We're playing it together for the first time. So here it is, our final 
final Len asks of the 2021 regular season. Here it is. The moment has arrived for Len Asks. Line up the rotation for the five games of the division series against the Astros. How about Lynn, Giolito, Cease, Rodon, and Lynn? Maybe Giolito, Lynn, Rodon, Cease, Gio? Let us know. Ooh, there it is. There's the Len Asks of the regular season. Probably the best one he's filed for us, and that's because it's got all kinds of postseason implication. ALDS starts October 7th. So that means if Lance Lynn were to start game one of the series against the Astros, he'd be on one day extra rest, five days rest. If the White Sox turned to Lucas Giolito, he'd be on regular rest, you know, the four days in between. And I think that's where it comes down for the White Sox. It's going to be either Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito, right? We're not breaking any news there. If, if I had to set it, if I'm answering Len Asks first, and I'd love for you to do it, Len wants to know how you'd set the White Sox rotation coming into the series against the Astros, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Give us an answer for Len Asks. I, I would start Lucas Giolito in Game 1, and that's not a shot on Lance Lynn. It's, it's really kind of more commenting on my, my own ignorance of things. I don't know how Lance Lynn's knee is feeling, really. And it's possible that Lynn won't know how his knee's feeling until after his start in, in Game 1, if, if it is Game 1. So for that reason, and, and you know, I, I tend to be a little bit more cautious with these things, a little bit more you know, conservative as I'm talking about the um, you know, potential postseason rotation. But I, I believe adamantly that you want to be able to turn around your Game 1 starter, and you will, of course, with the rest or whatever, for a Game 4 if you absolutely have to on short rest, or Game 5 on regular rest if need be, right? Now, I want that guy, my ace. If I've got to pitch somebody twice in the series, it's sure as heck going to be the ace. And And if that means that Lucas has a little bit more of a chance to be as 100% healthy in both of those games, then that's how you do it. I don't think... You know, the the way both of them are pitching lately, I don't think you could go wrong. And, you know, I, I was talking to a, a couple of different people who know, a couple of different people with some eyes on that Astros lineup as we get closer and closer to the series. And it has been well documented that the Astros can square up the fastball, that they know how to turn that thing around. And it's well documented that Lance Lynn, you know, works off that fastball. But I, I think that's a little simplistic. I think it's a little bit... Um, less insightful than it sounds. I mean, you can look at the numbers, right, and see the team batting average on fastballs and see how they square it up and and the kind of success they've had. But, you know, somebody told me that as you look at the pitch itself, fastball is kind of the worst pitch in baseball right now. Everybody squares up fastball. That's what these guys do. They hit the heater. How many times do you hear Darren Jackson talking about, you know, being in a fastball count? And that these days, you know, you get to 2-1 or 3-1, and it's not a guarantee that you're going to see that fastball anymore. Well, there's a reason for that, and that's because it's harder to hit off-speed stuff, especially the ways guys are able to shape it and spin it in this day and age. So, you know, to that end, I, you know, I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than, oh, Lance has bad numbers against the Astros and only throws fastballs, so you can't get that guy out there. I, I watched Lance Lynn in his last start. I know you all did too, but uh, watch Lance Lynn in his last start. Just last night, that cutter looked a lot more like a slider to me. And, and he's been working that kind of all year long. He's, he's kind of had two different versions of that cut fastball, one that's much more slider-ish, 
and henceforth, you know, a lot more, a lot closer to a breaking ball than a fastball. And then the one that, you know, kind of a more traditional cutter, kind of a Mariano Rivera kind of thing to it. And, and both of those pitches can be good for him. Um, depending on how everything else is working, you'll, you'll see him throw both in one particular at bat. So, you know, for my money, I think that's probably how I'd set the rotation. And so much of it comes down. I'd love to know how you set your rotations for the White Sox against the Astros as we get closer and closer to the ALDS starting on October 7th. Um, but so much comes down to, you know, where Carlos Rodon is at and, and how comfortable he is making a, a next start. Will that be game three? Will that be game four? I'm not entirely sure. But I will say this, with the season Dylan Cease has had, and the steps he's taken to really break out, maybe, you know, maybe as loud of a breakout season as anybody on this White Sox roster. And and I, I say that, even having watched what Luis Robert has been up to since coming back from injury. Okay, maybe Luis Robert's that guy. Maybe he's the guy having the loudest breakout season. But Dylan Cease is right up there with him. I, I think the progress has been absolutely enormous in 2021. And though. You know, he is prone to having an inning that gets a little long in terms of the pitch count, and the control can leave him a little bit in a start. I think he's done a really good job of, of even within starts. You know, when that control does get a little wild or a little wonky, he's been able to settle things down. And for the most part, if he's given up damage, he's controlled it. And in a lot of instances, he's worked around multiple runners that he's put on base. If it has been with the free pass or, you know, a bleeder here or, a, you know, like a comebacker off of his foot like he had in Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been able to get around some of that stuff. And I think that's a mark of a really, um, really well-progressed pitcher, uh, young as he is, really working in his first full major league season. So that's Len Asks for you, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. You want to get your answer to Len Asks, we would love to hear it. Now, there's one other thing that the White Sox could be changing in terms of um, rotation and bullpen, right? And I, I, I want to start this here, and we'll, we'll take a quick quick break and get back to it. We're going to hear from Ethan Katz, White Sox pitching coach, at 5 o'clock as well. So I want to make sure we've got plenty of space for that conversation. It was a good one. I really enjoyed talking with Ethan uh, about yeah, essentially the state of the White Sox pitching staff as we get uh, toward October. Well, it is October, but, you know, postseason baseball. Dallas Keuchel is expected to work out of the pen today. And I believe, I hope you don't mind me doing a little producing on the air. Uh, Sean, I believe we've got a cut from Tony La Russa on, um, on Dallas and the plan for him today working out of the bullpen. Obviously, Dallas did not have the season that he wanted to have. It was it was a season where the the stuff for Dallas just wasn't getting some of the swings and misses that he used to get that he did last season. Um, whether that was throwing a couple of changeups as a left hander, you know, outside to a righty, you know, working that stuff stuff away and getting swings, the sinker outside, um, working back in all those kind of things. It just didn't seem that Dallas was getting the chases that he's used to getting. He was, and really has all season long, gotten the ground balls he's used to getting. He's given up a few more home runs, but overall the ground ball percentage and ground ball rate, you know, ground ball to fly ball rate, is as good as just about anybody in baseball who's thrown the kind of innings that he's thrown. 
some of that contact has been hard and some of it has, um, quite frankly, some of it has found White Sox infielders who uh, maybe weren't playing their best defense at the time. The White Sox have let a couple get through the infield every now and again. But overall, what that says is the results haven't been there, obviously, the way Keuchel has wanted them to. To that end, it doesn't mean that you, you couldn't use Dallas Keuchel in a five-game series, or, for that matter, a seven-game series, should the White Sox get that far. The plan tonight, and I'll let Tony LaRusso kind of lay it out for you here, is to get Dallas Keuchel out of the bullpen in relief at some point of Lucas Giolito, who's going to start that ball game. So, here, on exactly that matter, is Tony LaRusso. I actually have no doubt he can handle it, just because, just look at his experience. I mean, who's more experienced at what we're going to go through than Dallas? I mean, he's taking the role as a starter and with all the heat that you could possibly want. So, no, I just, you know, I, I think how quickly he warms up, there won't be a situation that you can bring him into that he'll be intimidated. I have no doubts that, that uh, he'll be ready to compete whenever he's asked. Would, would you go as far to say that he's, you know, a, a leading candidate to be a part of that bullpen for the playoffs? Yeah, you, well, I like the way you say, yeah, he's, a, he's, one of the, he's one of the candidates. Leading candidates means there are several in – without making a commitment, but no, he's, you know, there's, uh, I know at one time he was saying when, you know, maybe several starts ago, he was worried about, you know, not earning a spot as a starter, but feels a lot better now. He's pitching better. I mean, he's definitely under consideration. That's White Sox manager, Tony LaRusso on the potential of using Dallas Keuchel out of the pen in the ALDS. Uh, It sounds like the plan is to get Dallas a couple innings out of the bullpen tonight against the Tigers. Lucas Giolito has the start. Matt Manning goes for Detroit. Uh, so that is the plan for this evening. 312-332-3776. The question posed to White Sox fans today by Len Casper for Len Asks is how would you set up the White Sox rotation as they get started in the ALDS against the Astros? Who's your game one guy? Who's your game two guy? Who's turning around on maybe short rest for you if the White Sox and Astros go to five? That's the question Len Casper's got for you. I want your answers, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. White Sox Weekly will feature Ethan Katz, White Sox pitching coach, at five. Still plenty more to get to here on the show. Uh, we've got a couple of crazy scores already in the American League. I want to walk through the American League wild card setup and some of the crazier possibilities um, that could find their way into affecting not the White Sox Astros setup. That's that's that matchup is set, but there could be um yeah, it could be some situations that you want to keep an eye on in the AL wildcard side of things. So we'll get you caught up on that when we come back. It's White Sox Weekly. This is the ESPN one thousand Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Hardworking for your business, for your life. That's Republic Bank of Chicago. We're proud to have served Chicago for over 50 years and look forward to the next 50, providing banking solutions like early pay designed to make things both at work and at home a little easier. Learn how you can get your paycheck up to two days early with early pay at republicebank.com slash Southside. Put Chicago's hardworking bank to work for you today. Republic Bank of Chicago, member FDIC. Hey, welcome to Everything Outdoors. Can I help you find anything? Hey, yeah. Can you point us to the camping gear? Sure, aisle two. Snowboarding? Just bought a new Nissan Pathfinder. It's got intelligent 4x4, and we want to hit the backcountry. Aisle 18. And the boats? Are you sure you can do all this? Up to 6,000 pounds towing, we're good to go. Oh, where's the scuba gear? Return to rugged in the all-new 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. (laughs) 
Available intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Towing capability varies by configuration. See Nissan Owner's Manual for proper use. Since 1988, Goose Island Beer Company has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago, inspired by the city. Beers like our Next Coast IPA, 312 Lemonade Shandy, now White Sox Golden Ale. Our two Chicago locations are great spots if you're thinking about grabbing a few beers to enjoy the game. Goose Island is a proud partner of the Chicago White Sox. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Please drink responsibly. Imagine being three months pregnant and finding out you have cancer. I'm Robin, and that was my reality. But I trusted my team at Northwestern Medicine, my oncologist, orthopedic surgeon, and high-risk obstetrician, who collaborated to come up with the safest chemotherapy plan. So I didn't have to choose between my life and my babies. Anchored by Northwestern Memorial Hospital, the number one hospital in Illinois by U.S. News and World Report, Robin's team worked together closely, focusing not only on making Robin better, but on bringing her baby into the world safely. After months of treatments, they performed a C-section, then cancer removal on the same day. Now there are two things we celebrate on Sophia's birthday, her life and mine. Because what makes us better makes you better. Northwestern Medicine. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Through the good times, the very difficult times that they've had, we are with these young people through it all. I am Father Scott Donahue. I am the President and CEO of Mercy Home for Boys and Girls, and we are proud partners with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois. I believe Blue Cross partners with us because they, too, have a social responsibility. They show their commitment, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. If you're a manufacturer dealing with metal, then you have scrap that needs to be recycled. And if you're not getting paid on time or getting the best price, try the Greenway. Greenway Metal Recycling, Chicagoland's most reliable industrial scrap metal company. With Greenway, you get paid in less than five days. Not five weeks or five months, five days. Contact Greenway Metal Recycling and never worry about getting paid. GreenwayMetalRecycling.com. Improve your scrap metal program. Go green with Greenway. GreenwayMetalRecycling.com. With available premium features like wireless Apple CarPlay, plus America's best warranty and complimentary maintenance, the Hyundai Sonata and Elantra put you on the road to victory. Get 0.9% APR for 60 months on the Hyundai Elantra or Sonata. Now with complimentary maintenance. See your local Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealer or visit buyhyundai.com today. Offers end October 4th. Call 224-661-0068 for details. It's White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. White Sox and Tigers Coming up tonight, our pregame show at 5.30. First pitch at 6.10. It is the final series of the regular season. Of course, if you're listening, you know that. And you also know, I would imagine, that if the White Sox win out and the Astros drop their final two to the A's, then the ALDS will start at guaranteed rate field. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I did not expect that to be in play late. But the Astros, just they, over the last two and a half weeks or so, they've been able to clinch the AL West. That was two nights ago. 
But over the last two and a half, three, almost four weeks, a whole month, they've played okay baseball. Um, and the White Sox, you know, for their part, let's be let's be honest, have kind of matched it. They were a 500 team through from the All Star break up until about a week and a half ago, and then have gone on a five game win streak, um, having clinched in Cleveland in the first game of the doubleheader, and you know, taking care of things against Detroit in that makeup game. Now five in a row for the White Sox, and they'll uh, try and make it six tonight with Lucas Giolito facing Matt Manning. Sox fans, we're, we're giving back to you on Sunday, October 3rd for Fan Appreciation Day as the Sox take on the Tigers at 2.10 p.m. for the last regular season home game. Before the postseason, you'll have a chance to win a variety of great prizes for tickets. Visit WhiteSox.com today. So, not only is there some drama left, for the White Sox and the Astros as they you know, play their individual series, their respective series against the A's for the Astros, against the Tigers here. Um, but there's drama in the AL wild card. I, I mean, this is, it is absolutely wild what could come take place here as we end the regular season with two games to play. Uh, or most games, most teams, two games to play. And I, I'll tell you what I mean in just a second. They're on the table. There is still a potential four-way tie for the final two wild-card spots. The Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, and Blue Jays could theoretically all still tie for those two final spots. If that happens, there's there's games 163 and all kinds of different. I mean, it's just the scenarios are crazy. They, they almost they make my head spin just reading about them. And because they are so crazy, I, I don't want to step through you, each and every one of them for you. Uh, or, or what would happen if, if you do get the four-way tie? Because it's just it, it's 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 wild, and it's probably not going to be a four-way tie. That's total chaos. And how often would, do we ever get that in our lives? I mean, when we do, we celebrate it because chaos. But it's not likely. What did happen today already, and the reason I said that most teams have two games left, the Rays already beat the brakes off the Yankees today. 12-2 to the final. Jordan Montgomery got all kinds of lit up, and then they got after John King as well. Brandon Lau of the Rays hit three home runs. He, uh, he got three of them, one off Montgomery, two off Montgomery, pardon, and then one off King. Mike Zanino hit a homer. Uh, Austin Meadows hit a home run. You know, that is a that's that's teams what it is. That is a tough matchup. Those Tampa Bay Rays, even though um, they had skid for just a, a little bit at the end of last week, they've, they've picked it right back up. Uh, they beat the Yankees now. It's their 100th win of the season. The Yankees are 91 and 70 and have just a half game lead on Boston for the top AL wild card spot. The Red Sox are have that second wild card spot. They're 90 and 70. They're underway right now. They're playing the Nationals to end the season. I never really get that. I mean, I guess somebody has to play an interdivision or an interleague game toward the end of the year. I I don't really understand why it happens, but we do it. Um, So the Red Sox and Nationals are going on right now. And as I I bring up that score, I just want to make sure I'm I'm, I'm completely current. one nothing Red Sox. They're in the bottom of the sixth. And Tanner Houck has been lifted from the game despite the fact that he threw five perfect innings and struck out eight. Garrett Richards is on in relief. White Sox fans will remember Richards uh, not working with the mustache right now, but usually carries one. The White Sox got to him pretty good when the Red Sox were here at Guaranteed Rate Field a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but the Red Sox lead the Nationals one nothing. The Red Sox are also throwing 
a perfect game. Tanner Houck worked five, struck out eight. They've turned it over to Garrett Richards. The Mariners are one game back of the second spot. So are the Blue Jays. Those two teams are tied, both of them at 89 and 71. I, I guess as good a question as there is, is you not only the Len asks for you today, how would you like the White Sox to set up their rotation for the ALDS against the Astros? That's still on the table, by the way. 312-332-3776. Want to know your rotation for this ALDS series against the Astros. Uh, but also, you know, who would you... You know, the, the White Sox are in a great spot. You, you've won the division. You've had it clinched, essentially, for about a month and a half, it feels like. Finally got it the other week in Cleveland. But now, you get to sit back as a White Sox fan and go, all right, let's see how this wild card nonsense ends, man. This is all entertainment for you at this point, because you know your opponent. It's the Astros. You know what's in front of you. Whoever wins that wild card game, whether that be the Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, or Blue Jays, is going to have to face a pretty good ball club, or at least at least a hot one. And I just mean that in terms of, you know, the, the Mariners are a, they've got a negative forty nine run differential. They've had to get really hot lately. They've won eight of their last ten. Lost last night um, and had the puck on the stick too. The runner on for Jared Kelenic with two away in the ninth, trailing by one. Kelenic struck out to end the ball game, but he's been as good as anybody on that Mariners lineup as they've won a bunch of ball games late and gotten themselves back into position. Remember, Seattle hasn't made a playoff in 20 years. It's been forever since the Mariners were in the playoffs. I mean, I was, well, it doesn't matter how old I was, but I was very much enjoying baseball as a young man 20 years ago. Yankees and Red Sox, you know, that's tale as old as time, right? I mean, it'd still be some... So will be some fascinating baseball. Game would probably last seven and a half hours. But Yankees and Red Sox are there. That Blue Jays team has a, an absolutely devastating lineup top to bottom. If it, it, This is just a snapshot kind of thing and, and not completely representative of everything. But we use run differential for a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, the Blue Jays have the highest run differential. Shoot, the Blue Jays have a better run differential than even the White Sox do right now. Uh, only the, the Astros and the Rays have a better run differential in the American League. They're at plus 166. The Red Sox are at plus 76, and the Yankees are at plus 41. The Mariners are minus 49. And again, just a snapshot stat. Uh, it's not an end-all, be-all kind of thing. Not, not even close, because a lot of that has to do with, you know, who you've played in your division. Uh, you can rack up a lot of runs that way. Have you been healthy all year long? You know, for the White Sox standpoint, right? Like, have you missed Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal for large chunks of the season? If so, you may not have scored as much runs, as many runs as you've liked. Uh, have you been missing a key defensive cog, perhaps, um, whether it's a good defensive infielder or maybe a gold glove outfielder like Luis Robert for a long time? Maybe that's affected your defensive stats and, and therefore your run differential too, right? So all that to say, down the stretch we come, and with two games to play for just about everybody, uh, with the exception of the Yankees, who lost to the Rays today 12-2, and, oh, by the way, the Blue Jays, who already won today, they beat the Orioles 10-1, 90-71 on the season. Already mentioned they're one game behind right now, that second wild card spot. Uh, there's, there's two games to go for everybody. And here's the other thing that I, I think is is exciting and fun and, and a good change that baseball made a couple of years ago. Every game starts at the same time tomorrow, or at least that's the intention. There's weather in parts of the country uh, in the forecast. But the idea is at 210 Central, everybody starts. So you're going to have to play 
and see what happens. You got to roll it out there and and with your best intentions, head out there and try and win a ball game if you still need to win a ball game. And it just might be that all those teams need to win, and it might be too that the White Sox need a win for home field advantage. Remember, Sox win out and the Astros lose out, and the ALDS will start here at Guaranteed Rate Field. A lot on the line in these final two games. Hey, Sox fans, you can get your hands on all the 2021 postseason gear at the Chicago Sports Depot. New postseason hours are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash depot or follow at White Sox store on Instagram. You can check out all the cool fits on Insta. At least that's a sentence I think the kids say. We're back with White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz. He's our next guest. We'll pause it real quick before we hit the break. Ten seconds for station ID. Ethan Katz, White Sox pitching coach, is next. You've got White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Speed. We're all obsessed with it, especially when it comes to our internet. Luckily, Xfinity delivers gig speed to more homes than anyone. And not only that, our gig is faster than AT&T's. And with gig speed over Wi-Fi, that means faster speeds all over the house for streaming, oh my God. for gaming, whatever you need speed for, you'll get more. Plus, Xfinity now has speed options up to three gigs. That's three times faster than AT&T. Now that is fast. You're obsessed with speed. Good thing Xfinity is too. Can your internet do that? Learn about gig Wi-Fi or get started with Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement. Plus, ask about speed three times faster than AT&T. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay. Ends 10 11 21. Restrictions apply. New performance starter, 50 megabits per second internet customers only. Equipment, taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Gig speed Wi-Fi requires gigabit internet and compatible X by gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Free gig service requires customized installation. In the 90s, the early days of Tito's Handmade Vodka, Tito would bring a couple bottles to a party, pour some drinks, and tell folks, if you like it, tell 20 of your closest friends. They did, and here we are, over 20 years later, thanks to you and your friends. Learn more about our story at titosvodka.com. Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume or 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Buy a pair of sunglasses, lose a pair of sunglasses. We've all been there, so stop the cycle. Hey, guys, it's Sylvie. Check out ShadyRays.com. Premium polarized shades at a fraction of the price of the big-name brands. Lose or break your shades, they send you a brand-new pair, no questions asked. Right now, they're running their deepest deal of the season, exclusive for our fans. Use our code CHICAGO for 50% off when you buy two or more pairs of shades at ShadyRays.com. That's ShadyRays.com. Hey, the Southside future's so bright, you're going to need Shady Rays. Hey, baseball fans, the city of Countryside has an all-star lineup of places to shop, stay, dine, and play. Countryside is home to a variety of businesses. The Countryside Chamber of Commerce has the bases covered when it comes to showcasing its members, including numerous restaurants, hotels, car dealerships, and Flag Creek Golf Course, the best nine-hole course in the Chicagoland area. Visit CountrysideChamber.org for more information. That's CountrysideChamber.org. At American Sale, the best time to buy is right now, during our Fall Into Savings event. High-quality items must be sold, and you can save up to 60%. See store for details. American Sale has the best selection of pools, patio furniture, hot tubs, and grills. And now is the best time to buy. Best selection, highest quality, and you'll always get our lowest price guarantee. American Sale. 
Bring the fun home. Cap and Jay Hood, 7 to 10 mornings, ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. With me, White Sox pitching coach Ethan Kath. Ethan, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for sitting down. How's it been the last week or so? Oh, it's been good. Um, we're just trying to get everybody healthy, get through this, and get ready for the playoffs. So what was the moment? I, I, I assume that even a hardworking coach such as yourself took a moment to kind of stop and reflect after clinch day back in Cleveland. Was that in between the doubleheader? Was it afterward? Take me through how Ethan Katz kind of, if not celebrated, at least took some time for yourself. Yeah, it was after the second game. I mean, the first game, because we had to play again, and it was like, okay, we'll, we'll wait and see until um, we get this done, and then we'll have our celebration. And that's kind of when it sunk in, and, you know, having a you know a champagne celebration. I did that in the minor leagues a couple times, but obviously in the big leagues, it's a, a much bigger level. So take me through, you know, your season. If you can zoom out a little bit, the, the state of the White Sox pitching staff as we sit two days before the end of the regular season. Where did you guys come from? And I'm talking you know, all the way, one through, everybody that came up here and through. Where did you guys come from? What got accomplished? What do you feel, I, I guess, most proud of so far? Um, I, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of guys have taken big steps forward. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot of growth that I still see for a lot of our younger guys. Um, you know, it's the bullpen I know was a little shaky in the beginning. The guys have really turned a corner of late. Um, so it, it's been a it's been a it's been a wild year, uh, especially with all the injuries that we've we faced from more more so from the position player side. But um, you know the pitching, I thought did for the most part did a really nice job stepping up um, with what was thrown our way. And looking back at it, you know it's it's you know pitching is very important. I'm very proud of what the guys have been able to do with the you know still a lot of growth in front of them. When when you look at you know, some of the overall stats, you know, I could quote back some of the numbers from individuals, from you guys as a team staff and say, wow, Ethan Katz had kind of an easy job. Everyone was really good. But from the injury standpoint, you guys have had to deal with and work around quite a bit. Have you learned um, or what is it that you've learned, I guess, from from an individual standpoint about how to, you know, whether that's communicate through injuries, pitch through injuries, the difference between injuries and having to pitch just a little bit sore, you know, from a from a one through 13 kind of standpoint? I mean, I, for the most part, this whole year was um, a huge unknown from 60 games to 162 games, then going into the playoffs. Um, and I think every pitching coach um, and, and team was kind of like on their heels, kind of wondering what's best, how do you handle situations. Some teams went to a six-man rotation right out the chute. Um, you know, and teams have dealt with it a certain way. Um, nobody's been able to escape the injuries. Um, but for the most part, I think we've we've been fortunate enough. Nothing major has happened um, throughout the way, and and we've been able to really, you know, communicate with our guys, see where they're at, get their temperature, understand uh, when guys need a break and kind of when to back off, and then when is it okay to push them. So it, it's been it's been a very good learning experience for myself, just from the standpoint of um, workloads and understanding how to get get through a, a tough challenge based on what we had to deal with last year i've talked with uh, lucas and craig over the last couple of days I'm, I'm kind of really fascinated by how you as a as a pitching staff as a pitching infrastructure kind of split your time between the day-to-day assignments you know facing the tigers facing the indians that kind of thing 
but also kind of knowing you, you've got the Astros coming up and there's some advanced work that can always be done. How has that kind of been broken down over the last week or so? Um, you, you start the process a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, my right now my focus is you know getting through these next two games, taking care of the pitchers and make sure guys get proper workload. Um, make sure they're they're set ready to go for the um, for the playoffs, um, and then I'll take you know a little bit more focus into the Astros come Monday. But you know I've done a little bit here and there, but nothing really exclusively yet. Um, but that you know I have four days to be able to do that, which is more than during the regular season. Look, looking back to Carlos Rodon's last start, obviously the the results were there, five innings, the strikeouts were there, the command was there. The velocity wasn't. Um, how do you evaluate him from now until his next start? What will be the key markers for you and Carlos and everybody else as you get closer to that day? Uh, just continuing his his progress, uh, his throwing, making sure that he's feeling all right, and and go. We're going day by day. That's that's where we're where we're at. Um, checking on him, put together a, a program for each day of what um, he needs to get done, and. You know the way he threw the other night was fantastic. Five innings, one run gives gives a great chance to to win and and put himself in a great position uh, moving forward. So we're going to take one day at a time and 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 hope the communication every day is feeling better and better. Given that he was working at such higher velocities and and performed so well in the regular season, it was kind of wild to see him even the last couple of starts. You know, work at a different velo, but keep it off the barrel. It's almost like watching him having learned so much more about how to pitch with the stuff he didn't have while he had great stuff if that makes sense is that a, is that a thing a guy can learn is that a thing carlos has learned uh, i think i mean i think it's something where guys have to you know learn how to become pitch maker as time goes on in their careers when you know the guys usually start off in their career with bigger velocities and as time goes on the father of time you know they, they kind of lose that stuff and they gotta learn how to become pitch makers which you know, Carlos has proven to do all, all year and with the great stuff, with his elite stuff or having really good stuff, um, whatever it is that day, um, he's been able to make pitches throughout the year. Lance Lynn has been kind of that guy all season long, as much as Carlos, you know, the ERA is going to finish at two six nine, and he'll be just a couple innings shy of, of a qualified uh, starter. But, you know, when you evaluate him or Lucas for game one, I mean, can can you go wrong? It's the, the way those guys have pitched, especially lately, has been top notch yeah i mean i they've been fantastic all year um and whoever pitches game one or two i mean we're going to be in the great shape what was the turnaround for lucas in the second half um you know i it's tough to say because you know i think the biggest turnaround for him was early on before the second half like if you if you take away the boston game that he had which um was really the only in my opinion the only really big black guy like his numbers are really good um but the biggest turnaround for me happened bef- way before the second half it was his slider was a little bit off um and being able to really get that pitch going again in, a, in an elite way and that's really where you know right now he's been able to really go after guys with three elite pitches so that that to me happened it happened in in minnesota way back when i might have been in may or something but um, when that start, that pitch started going, that's when everything for me I saw start turning around for him. Dylan Cease's season has been a, a breakout, maybe maybe the biggest breakout on this team, one through twenty six. What can you say about how Dylan has progressed this season? He's going to finish, or already has finished, with a top ten all time White Sox single season franchise strikeout record. 
I mean, he's had a phenomenal year. I mean, I'm 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 really proud of proud of the steps he's been able to take. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to the steps he still needs to take, um, which is really exciting. Uh, but for the most part, he I mean, he had a phenomenal year. I mean, I think you you can have you know written up a better year, and hopefully this continues into the playoffs and his last start, and and he keeps growing and learning. But there's still a lot ahead for Dylan Cease from a pitching standpoint and growth. Rick and Tony have both talked about the um, kind of the new plan for Michael Kopech over the last couple of outings, you know, that extended kind of thing so that he's got that for himself in the come the playoffs. When, as you're part of those conversations, um, strategy-wise, and getting him a little bit longer outing, what are the first kind of steps that you take with Michael to go, okay, now we have to open it up just a little bit more here over the last few outings of the season? Yeah, we just, I mean, we laid everything out in advance. Um, obviously, being in the bullpen um, and trying to take care of everybody, trying to get going. Like we, we put everything in place to kind of let him see like, okay, this is what we're thinking here. This is why we're doing it. And then, you know, but there could be something thrown our way where that could get derailed if we need to cover some innings in the bullpen. Um, but the plan is for X, Y, Z, so we can have as many options for him um, in the playoffs if we want him to go longer. If we want him to go shorter, it, it, you know, the game will tell us, but we want to be able to have those options for us. And Dallas seems ready to come out of the pen. That seems like an assignment he's, um, you know, kind of understanding in the last couple of days here as we get closer and closer to a playoff matchup. Yeah, it's, it'd be something that, you know, he has to experience first now to kind of see what it's like um, and to kind of go from there and evaluate where, where how he likes it and how he takes it and how he performs. So home field advantage is still on the line. Two last games for the White Sox against the Tigers, two final games for the Astros against the A's. Have you, everybody, talked a little bit about what the atmosphere would be like here at Guaranteed Rate Field, whether that's, you know, game one or whether it's game three? I mean, you guys have seen some pretty amazing crowds over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, we really, I mean, ideally having home field advantage would be great. Um, but the, the crowds have been phenomenal all year. Um, you know, the, the players feed off of it. It means a lot, and, and they love it, and it makes the it makes coming to the ballpark much more exciting. Do you scoreboard watch? I did earlier. Um, right now, not as much. I did when I wanted when we were getting closer to clinching. Then when the magic number was getting lower, yeah, I was, I, I was looking. Ethan, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Good luck over the next two days. Thank you very much. That's White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz. Nice to catch up with him and the Sox dugout a little while ago. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to first pitch for the White Sox and Tigers tonight. Our pregame show in just about 18 minutes, 5.30 start for the pregame show. Len and DJ take things over at 6, 6.10. Lucas Giolito will throw his first pitch to Akil Badu. He's the leadoff man for the Tigers tonight. Giolito gets his final start of the regular season for the White Sox. Matt Manning will go for Detroit on the other side of things. Uh, we'll get you the lineup in the pregame show again. But the uh, you know, the most part, the regulars are in here with still, and as I've mentioned several times on the show today, if you may, if you might, maybe you missed it, maybe you caught it during an interview with Ian Katz, home field advantage in the ALDS is still possible for the White Sox. they got to win out. The Astros got to lose out. We've already had some exciting finishes today, uh, or uh, if not exciting finishes, then meaningful finishes today in the American League. Uh, the Blue Jays won. The Yankees lost. So that AL wild card is coming down to it. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to kind of look back at the 2021 season just a little bit. 
I, I think we'll, you know, we're going to spend, regardless of, of how long this postseason run lasts for the White Sox, and here's hoping that it's all the way, it was, well, that it's 11 wins. Here's hoping that it's 11 wins. That's been the goal for the White Sox, stated goal since the beginning of spring training. Rick Hahn, general manager, came out there and talked about it from the get-go. Um, but we'll spend a lot of time in the offseason here on White Sox Weekly talking about the 2021 season, you know, recapping things just a little bit. There, there are three or four things I just kind of wanted to point out as moments in the season, uh, players, uh, development points that have really stood out to me. And I want to know if, if you've had any of your own. You know, not personally, although I I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hope that you have. We've all been coming out of a pandemic and getting back to our lives as normal. I hope there have been development points for you and big moments in your lives that have kind of stood out as turning points here in 2021. But I want to know if you've seen big turning points for the White Sox this year or what have been the big moments of change as you've seen it on this roster as they've grabbed the AL Central for the first time since 2008. That's the question to you. Len asks is also out. He wants to know what your starting rotation looks like for the White Sox against the Astros come ALDS Game 1. Who's starting Game 1? Who's got Game 2? Who's got Game 3? That's the question Len's got for you. We'll get to both of those when we come back. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Save big money with 11% off everything now at Menards. Keep your home's temperature comfortable year-round while saving energy with a new Honeywell Home Thermostat. The Honeywell Home Wi-Fi 7-Day Programmable Thermostat lets you sync your comfort to your schedule with its 7-Day, 4-Periods-Per-Day flexible programming. On sale, just $69 now at Menards. Good through October 2nd. Savings are mail-in rebates. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. You're busy. You have a life. So we'll keep this simple. Switch to insure on the spot and save money on your auto insurance payments. That's it. No gimmicks. No gotchas. Just a free quote in two minutes with payments as low as $49 a month. Insure on the spot provides affordable, quality coverage for everyone at the lowest rate. Call 773-202-5060. That's 773-202-5060. Or visit insureonthespot.com. When you're running a business, you need a banker that makes you a priority. Someone who provides commitment, assurance, and attention. At Wintrust Commercial Banking, we're ready to show you the relationship you deserve. Our expert relationship bankers get to know your business, so we can provide creative, personalized solutions for any goal. Partner with a banker who shows you how important you are every day at Wintrust.com assurance. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN White Sox. Welcome back. It's White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. The Sox have won five in a row and are now 92-68 and 68 on the season. Last two games of the regular season tonight and tomorrow afternoon. A couple of sprinkles here at the ballpark, but it looks like the system's pushing out, and I think we'll play some baseball. Well, we'll play some baseball tonight. I think we'll probably start on time, too. At least that's how it looks right now. Uh, tomorrow, it's a 2:10 start for everybody in baseball. Everybody's going to get going at the exact same time, part of the uh, extra drama that the commissioner's office brought into the big league schedule a couple of years ago. Remember there was that... 
There was that raise push to get into the postseason. Evan Longoria hooked one around the foul pole. I think it was back in 2011, and we've been playing everything at the same time on the final day of the season every year since. It's just kind of some drama. It actually, you know, to me, it feels a little bit, you know, not, not that baseball works exactly like basketball would or like the program would or like the, the product would, but it feels a little bit like March Madness uh, when there's stuff on the line late in the season, when everybody's finishing, you know, in and around the same time, it's kind of how that first slate of games go when the tournament opens. You know, the second day is but you get that finish goes off, and then you flip over to True TV, wherever the heck that is on your, you know, you got to search for it for like eight minutes, and then you get in for the last thirty seconds on whatever game that is, and then you're flipping back to the other network to get the get the big finish of a I don't know of a one seed that's trying to fend off a sixteen. It, it feels a little bit like that. I like that. I like the like the chaos of it, the energy of it, the frenetic nature of starting every game at the same time, especially when there's as much on the line as there could be this season. That AL wild card still very much up for grabs, as is home field advantage for the White Sox and Astros in the ALDS. I, I wanted to end this afternoon's show just by going over a couple of, I guess I'll call them inflection points for the 2021 season. And... I think we'll dig into each one of them and more in a really cool way during the offseason. We've got something pretty awesome cooking for you here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network during the offseason. But that's, you know, we got to start our plans for that before we know when that offseason is going to start. So don't make don't get it twisted. Don't don't make it feel like, you know, we're looking to the offseason here. We're very much very much excited about a postseason run for the White Sox. We're just trying to make sure we've got all the content you need over a winter uh, whenever that does start. But when I look back at the 21 season, there are a couple of moments and players and performances that stand out to me as inflection points in the year. And what I mean by that is there was a, a chance for those moments and those players and those games in particular to make a stamp on the season. And whether that's Luis Robert coming back from his injury or really even kind of pairing it together and saying his injury and the comeback has been a bigger moment for the White Sox as you could possibly imagine. I mean, it, it truly has been. You look at the performance that he's put together since coming back off the injured list, and it is jaw-dropping. I mean, it truly is. It's, it's absolutely spectacular what Robert's been able to do in the 40 or so games, 41 games since coming back. He's hitting 356. He's slugging 621. He's playing gold glove defense in center field. He leads the American League in batting average and is second in OPS, that's on base plus slugging, and is third in slugging percentage since he's come back from injury. The production he's been able to throw out there is is absolutely breathtaking and Luis Robert taking a step to being one of the top 10 top 5 players in the game potentially you know given his growth and what next season's going to look like I mean you could head into 2022 with everybody talking about Luis Robert as a potential a potential MVP in the American League that's the kind of skill set he's got that's the kind of production he's put up that's an inflection point to me Look back at the Tim Anderson game against the Tampa Bay Rays. You know the one he basically won all by himself? It was right in the middle of a stretch where T.A. was dealing with some sore legs and he was in and out of the lineup. Uh, He eventually ended up going on the injured list for a hamstring strain a couple days after 
this particular game. He made some great defensive plays. He was all over the place on the base paths. I mean, he really was. He was that guy. He was that guy. He was T.A. that night. That's not the only night Tim Anderson has had, of course. I don't think that there's any one game this year that's been, now the White Sox have it together. You know, just because of the way injuries have popped up, the timing of some of the injuries, whether it be Aloy, Luis, Yasmani, Adam Engel kind of bouncing in and out, or after all of those or most of those injuries had kind of resolved themselves and you got Aloy back and you got Robert back and you got Grandall back, then you started having, you know, Lance Lynn had the knee kind of bark at him a little bit. He spent some time on the aisle. Lucas had the hamstring. He spent a little time on the aisle. It's, it's really been a full year of waiting for the White Sox to be fully healthy from, from one perspective. From the other perspective, it's been watching the White Sox absolutely run roughshod over the AL Central and take the crown because they wanted it. So from that end, I don't think there's any one game that was like, there it is, they're on their run. But that Field of Dreams game, nationally televised, centerpiece game, maybe of the 2021 season, I mean, when, when everybody, nationally speaking, looks back, at this year that was, that Field of Dreams game is going to be one of the top three ball games of the year. I promise you that. You know, it might be that we get one final game here because the AL wild card is so close. Might be that it, it comes down to you know, some other game pushing it into a top five or something like that. Because something unforeseen, something we don't know that could happen with playoff implications yet. But, you know, you look in and around the game right now. In terms of uh, individual performances, late drama, the scene, the setting, the fans, everything else. I mean, that Field of Dreams game was one of the moments league-wide of the 21 season. Here's another inflection point for you. One, one where I think you, know, you, you really started to see this team kind of take over. There was a, a Dylan Cease start against the Tigers. He went complete game. It was a seven-inning doubleheader game, but still a complete game effort. And I, I know it's, it, you know it's not nine innings, Connor. It's not a complete game. It's a, technically, it's a complete game. And I, I think what's most important is that when Dylan went out there, when anybody goes out there for a seven-inning game, they know it's seven. They know what the distance is in that game. And that matters. You know, having that goal in mind matters. But if we talk about breakouts in the 2021 season, yeah, and there's more. You know, we can't get to all of them here before White Sox Weekly ends here in you know, two and a half minutes. And we'll do that during the postseason. But that game really seemed to bump things up for Dylan Cease, and that's been an amazing thing to watch. We'll see where he starts in the ALDS, which game he does. That's going to do it for us here on White Sox Weekly. Thanks for riding with us all season long. We'll have White Sox Weekly throughout the playoffs. ALDS starts on the 7th. Game 2 is the 8th. The first White Sox weekly of the postseason is Saturday the 9th, 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure you join us for that. We'll recap the first two games of the ALDS before the White Sox and Astros play game three on the 10th. The pregame show starts in five minutes. It's the White Sox and Tigers. I'm Connor McKnight. Big thank you to Jeff Blum and Ethan Katz and Jesse Rogers and A.J. Hinch for hanging out on the show today. Pre-game shows next. It's the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network.